0: we Hello, everybody. Dr. Rick Wallace here dropping in on you uh, another segment of Blazing Heat on the Black Voice channel. I hope that everybody has had a great week up to this point. Hope everybody is truly optimizing their potential and living life to the fullest. Uh, As I always say, no matter where you're at right now, no matter what you're going through right now, if you're still breathing, you're still in the fight. Uh, Keep that in mind. Look, I don't plan on being too long to talk about this, but I've been getting a lot of questions. It's a bunch of stuff, actually, that people are asking me to weigh on. And I've sit down with some of my confidants and advisors, and I've decided some of the things that I've normally sort of steered away from, uh, I'm going to address because I think I have something to offer in the way of wisdom, in the way of strategy, in the way of simple life, people need to understand uh, there's so much that life teaches us. Sometimes we have to learn it up close. Uh, A lot of times we get the benefit of learning it at a distance. Uh, That's the best way to learn if you can, is learn uh, from borrowed experiences, so to speak. Well, anyway, I'm here because of something that's Uh, a hot topic it's been going on for a few days but it's a hot topic um and that is the fatal car accident uh involving uh los angeles raiders nfl receiver henry ruggs out of the university of alabama and the fallout from it and there are a lot of opinions a lot of talk about um you know, this particular situation. And, uh, you know, I I've been asked a lot of questions. So I'm going to try to first and foremost, uh, answer, uh, the questions from each angle. So, uh, not not answer the questions from each angle. I'm going to take a question from each angle and answer the question. So we sort of end up touching on all of the main issues, uh, here at play. The first thing that we need to do is acknowledge the fact that somebody lost their lives. Uh, My heart goes out to the family. I don't know, haven't seen a a picture of the victim, Uh, not really caring to see it, Uh, but my heart goes out to that person. Uh, They left home not knowing that they wouldn't be returning back. Uh, Someone lost a mother, someone lost a daughter, uh, and so much more. So Again, my heart goes out to that family. And I think that's the first thing we have to do is acknowledge that a life was lost. Uh, how it came about um, matters, but the uh, the fact that a life is lost has to be taken into consideration. With that being said, uh, one of the, the narratives or uh, one of the points that's being made and I keep hearing and hearing to say is his life is over. Um his life isn't over. His football career is more than likely over. Uh, And that's a problem with me in and of itself is that the only way we see value in our young men is if they are doing something that provides them with some sort of celebrity or massive financial abundance. Um, The fact that he made a horrible decision. uh, I am Definitely one that believes that when you make a choice, you have to live with the consequences. I don't believe that you make men by rescuing them from you don't make men by rescuing boys from consequences. I don't think you do the community a a service by tossing them away when they make decisions, even decisions. Uh, of this magnitude that have such great gravity. I think that we have to have a balance. I think that the Most High created the universe in balance. There has to be a certain level of vengeance and accountability, but there also has to be a balance of understanding and forgiveness. Uh, And again, there will be those who will say it's easy to say when it's not your loved one. And you're absolutely right, 100% right. It's easy for me to say because it's not mine. I have a sense of sorrow and uh, I hate someone lost their life, but I'm not feeling the pain at the level that their loved ones are. And so those who are close to it, those who have other motives to be angry and vengeful will provide the lever and leverage of vengeance in this. Um, I'm going to maintain a sense of responsibility to what matters most to me. And that is, here's the situation. He was failed from the beginning. Uh, and so many young athletes are. If you want to say young black athletes, you can say that, too, uh, because the the travel from extremes is different from black athletes than most white athletes. Most white athletes don't come from the extreme distance that black athletes have to come from just to get there. Uh, and so there's a different experience. This is not me offering uh, uh An excuse. There is no excuse. This is me saying uh, we need to pay attention to what's going on, because first and foremost, you take a kid that comes from nothing. You put him in a situation in college where he's covered and he's protected. Uh, He's protected from consequences. You know, outside of doing something that jeopardizes the football program, he gets away with a lot so you know whether it's minor infractions or major infractions normally that stuff is swept under the rug and it never comes to the surface and he gets away with it so he starts to believe that the rules don't apply to me and because he's not in a situation where he's experiencing consequences he never learns why the rules are in place in the first place so He goes out. And from what I understand from people who have had direct contact with him, people that I personally know and have talked to, uh, they say he was a respectable kid when he was at Alabama. Uh, I don't know anybody who's dealt with him since he's been in the pros, but I do know a couple of people who have, you know, uh, a relationship with the University of Alabama and they actually talk to their athletes and, you know, whether it's motivational, whether it's encouragement, whether it's life lessons or whatever. And From what I understand, this kid would show up to all the, you know, those type of events and meetings and would be attentive and respectful. Uh, That's what I've gotten from the people that have talked about him, you know, whether I know him or not, is that he was a respectful kid. Uh, And so then he gets to a league that gives him money he's never seen before, puts him in probably the worst city in the world where you tell a kid, behave yourself, Las Vegas, and then says, you're treated like royalty and given a pass in almost everything you do because the city is just happy to have a football team. And so, again, he's probably been caught speeding before. This is a 22-year-old kid in a car that can go 170 miles per hour or something like that, Uh, a souped-up Carvette. And so you got him in. More than likely, he doesn't have the cheap version of the car. He probably has the $130,000 version of the Carvette and a car that, again, has the capacity to go well over 150 some miles, as he proved. Um, and then you get into that vehicle with two times the legal limit of alcohol in your system, which in, uh, inhibits your ability to make reasonable and rational decisions, so getting behind the wheel, uh, also slows your reflexes, uh, and also gives you a false sense of confidence in what you're capable of doing a total perfect storm for what exactly happened. That's why you don't drink and drive. Uh, In my younger years, when I was in similar situations, I mean, same situations, but the one thing I didn't do was drink and drive. That's one thing you, I did some crazy stuff that if I could have it back, I wouldn't do. I've made some choices in this life that I regret. That's the truth. I don't know anybody who's gonna be honest that can say anything different. The difference is, Luckily, I've recovered from mine, learned from mine, and I've moved forward. And that's my hope for him, is that some kind of way he finds a way to redeem himself. Uh, And first, forgive himself, because from what I understand and hear, he's torn up about it. Uh, I don't think you get in your car, even when you're drunk, thinking I'm going to go out and kill somebody. Uh, But that's just it. You don't really have the capacity to think when you are drinking. Uh, and it definitely, when you have drink, when you have drank to the point where your blood alcohol level is twice what the legal limit is, um, you're definitely impaired. My problem here is not that he's going to be held accountable. You have to be held accountable. I don't believe that you grow anyone by rescuing them from the consequences of their actions. I don't. I don't think that you win there. I don't think you win by pointing out how others get taps on the—I mean, uh, taps on the wrist for doing similar situations, and it's out there. Oh, it, they're definitely out there. And uh, again, I don't—I don't think that you get to focus on that because uh, I tell people all the time uh, when they come to talk to me about, well, the white man does this and nothing happens, and the white man, well, well, see, I'm not rearing my children on the standards of what white people do. I'm rearing my children on the standards of what I expect from them as young men and young women, what I am demanding of them as young men and young women. I'm expecting you to be more than they are. I'm expecting you to carry yourself in a way that's exemplary, not because it, you, you, you measured against them, but because you're trying to be the best version of yourself. And in many instances, being the best version of yourself does not allow you to compare yourself to someone who gets away with things just because of who they are and the system that they live in and don't have to live to the standard that you have to live to, to get the very same things you get. So you can't be measured against their standards. You've got to measure yourself against something higher. You've got to be held to a higher standard in holding our young, our youth, In this instance, let's talk about young black males and holding them to a higher standard. I don't believe you throw them away unless it's something absolutely incorrigible that you can't look now. If he went out and purposely took a life within our community, purposely with malice, did it, then, you know, maybe we talk about redemption 20 years down the line. But I don't think you throw him away. I think he has to do what he has to do, whatever the whatever comes out of it. I I would hate to see him you know, have to do a whole lot of time, but we're talking about a life loss. That's a hard one because a part of me wants to put myself in the position of the parents and the loved ones. And that would be a different feeling for me. Uh, I don't think I would be talking about forgiveness. If I'm honest, I don't think I'd be talking about uh, forgiveness. And I'm not talking about forgiveness right now. Actually, I'm talking about that second chance that I think everybody deserves is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about unless you're just evil. I believe at some point you should have a chance to grow up, especially when the decision you made that created the devastation was done from a place of immature immaturity and stupidity. Uh, I think that at some point you should be allowed to redeem yourself and given another chance. The thing is, what we've got to be careful in this, in this narrative is the saying that it's over because we see him solely as a football player. I see him as a young black man, and whether he plays football or another down in his life ever is of no consequence to me. And he start, he needs to really start staring that down the barrel as well because he little he's literally in a situation now to where if some kind of legal maneuvering gives him a situation where he does no time. He still may never play football again. It's not a good PR move. It's not good uh, aesthetics. It, the visual on it isn't good. The optics on it isn't good. So he could literally just simply be a, 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 a PR nightmare and never get a chance to play. And so this isn't about whether he gets time or not. This is not whether he gets convicted or not, which uh most of uh, considering a foregone conclusion this is just simply you made a choice that took you out of a situation and i just had a conversation with someone and they were going like how do these kids keep making this decision well that's just it they're kids we're expecting mature decisions that grown up like again we see grown men in their 40s and 50s get these same charges and so it's and so we're expecting a kid that comes from nothing and given everything to all of a sudden be able to make all the right choices just because he's got a way out. It sounds good, but I can go back and think of a number of decisions that I wish I had over to make. Uh, now that I'm in my 50s and that I made in my 20s and in my, in my early 30s, I, I, I wish. Fortunately, they didn't destroy me. They made me stronger uh and i just worked my ass off to recover and to climb back and reestablish myself in a place where i'm now making a difference uh but my thing is first and foremost we got to start building young black men while they're boys we got to start instilling in them the importance of making good decisions, the importance of caring after whatever means they have of being an influence in the in their lives and the lives of their family. Because he not only destroyed his future in the NFL, he destroyed his capacity to be impactful in the lives of the people he cares about from a level of of uh, finance and. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have the ability to come back and do something else where he can earn uh, equal or greater money, but he has to think different. He has to be prepared. He has to see the value in himself outside of how fast he can run and how high he can jump. Um, and there are other opportunities. There may be uh, something that he can do that's in a, a sport outside of football, you know, that can appreciate speed, whether it's track and field, whether it's baseball or You know, and baseball is a hard sport to get into late in life, you know, but uh, I just believe there's always something else. And I believe that everybody deserves a second chance. I don't believe in giving people passes. Um, And when I say giving people passes, I mean, sitting up and saying you took a life, you know, it it happens, you know, don't feel bad about it. You know why everybody tripping Uh, first and foremost, uh if that was your love one how would you feel about it second of all if you take something of this significance and you sit up and you marginalize it for the sake of saying you know hey we can't take this away from him well sometimes you got to lose something immensely important for you start to appreciate your time here on this planet sometimes things can come to you so easily that you don't realize just how precious this short period is on this earth. And while he may have came from uh, meager means, it was very, it, it was known by him very early in life, probably his mid teens, that he was special and that if he just took care of himself and did what he was supposed to, that that part of him that he considered special was going to open doors for him. And by the time he got to Alabama, he know, he knew then all I got to do is show up and stay healthy. And I'm gonna be good. And I don't know how much of the money that he's made to this point, because he's still new in the league. I don't know how much money he's made in the last two years that was uh, that he's actually gotten as pay that he's gonna be able to parlay into anything else. I don't know that. But what I do know is we got to do a better job of preparing our young men. What I do know is that we got to do a better job of dealing with our young men when they exit the system. Uh, I've talked about recidivism. I've talked about uh, the cycle uh, of recidivism and how that works in the system. My thing is we will have a massive impact on how he emerges out of this. whether he emerges from this uh, a year from now, two years from now or 20 years from now, which I think is the maximum sentence under the charges uh, that have been filed against him at this point. Uh, what, no matter where in that time frame he emerges, how he emerges will have uh, uh, some influence by how we as black men and a black community deals with him and handles him, uh, approaches him. Uh, uh, The majority of it is going to be dependent upon what he does. He's going to have some say-so. Are you going to play the victim? Are you going to fall apart? Are you going to use this time to grow? Are you going to use this time to reflect? Are you going to be willing to own the fact that you did something you should not have done? Um, those are the things. But see, if we can get these young boys earlier and we can teach them. I'm t- and, and, and the Black Man Lead Rite of Passage program starts at four. So we're talking four to 13 is where you're working towards your rite of passage at 13. To where you walk into now the developing and slow acquisition of responsibility, where you're starting to take on responsibilities as you move towards full manhood. It starts at 13, but the crossing over is at 13. It starts at 13, but we start training at four. You got to start putting in their minds early on in life who they are. You got to have a sense of identity, a sense of purpose, a sense of uh, self-confidence. And that comes from a full sense of uh, I, I, identity, self-awareness, self-image, self-concept. And so you do that. Then you train them what it means to be a black man by allowing them to observe black men. And obviously these black men won't all play professional sports. Some of them will be lawyers. Some of them will be doctors. Some of them will be linemen uh, who, who who work with their hands and carpenters and and other things, but they will all have one thing in common, uh, in common. They will have a sense of responsibility to family, a sense of responsibility to their progeny, a sense of responsibility to their community, a sense of responsibility for ownership and growth, personal growth and the growth of their community, and a sense of responsibility to one another. And that's why I stand here is that I don't know the kid, never met the kid, have heard some things about him, but never never met him, but I feel for him. I feel for him in the sense that One decision has his entire life in turmoil, and that doesn't seem to be anything that's going to come out of this good. And what he's got to learn is what I learned. No matter how bad it seems, now you can't fold or your life is over. If you start going, oh, war is me. If you start going, oh, what was I thinking? If every morning you wake up and all you can think is, I just screwed my whole life up, then you have. What you got to do is say, man, I made a very horrible decision. I don't know what I was thinking, but I've got to do something in this life that redeems me. And so then it becomes about the redemption. And you may never get the redemption from the people you harmed because you harmed them. You caused them what may be irreparable harm. But what you got to do is say, I can still be something in this world. I can still be something of power and impact. I can literally stop hundreds of other young black men from doing the same thing. That could be my purpose in this world is to send people into certain situations more prepared than I was because obviously he wasn't prepared. Obviously enough wasn't done to put him in a situation where he was prepared to make good decisions and do the things the way they were supposed to. Uh, Again, there's no excuse for what transpired. There's absolute no excuse for getting in a car drunk with a female in the car hopefully she pulls out last i heard she was still in the hospital and then run into someone at a hundred and something 150 something miles an hour you know there's absolutely no excuse for that there's nothing that can be said that makes that okay uh my problem is a lot of times we have a tendency to want to throw away our own at a quicker rate than we will others. And a friend of mine uh, and I were talking about that down in Houston. If in, in the case, you're not familiar with how things go. Uh, Texas is by far the biggest feed of uh, blue chip uh, football players in, in in the nation, then California and Florida. Texas breeds football players. I mean, you know, you're gonna find that the top uh, the top ten high school teams in the nation, at least four or five of them, are gonna come out of Texas, and that's just what it is. So down here, it, it's a whole new things. You got high schools with college. Um, you got high schools with college stadiums. Uh, where a lot of money has been spent on sport, because that's all some of these towns have is their high school football. Well, we got to talking because in a town that he lives in that I'm very familiar with, uh, there was a situation where someone was killed in a car accident. And initially, uh, the name came out and the mugshot was black and the person being blamed for it was black. And the black community was how sorry he is and 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 and, you know how cowardly he is and all these other things that they were saying about this black man and when the truth came out it was actually the white head football coach of one of the top high school football programs um in that region and the the it's, it changed. It was like, well, you know, it is dark on that street and it probably need to get more lighting on that street. And it was amazing. These are the same people that were ready to fry the brother. But they want to give the white coach a pass. You know, it's, it's not that bad. Well, it's the same death, but that's how we are. That's one of the problems I have with this. That's actually why I agreed. To come on and talk about it it's not that I don't believe that this young 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 man needs to be held accountable he made a choice and he needs to face the consequences i think that it needs to be measured and fair uh how fair that's going to be is still up for up, to, up, to, up for debate but um uh, that's one part of it but i do believe he needs to be held accountable my problem is how quickly we throw hours away Either they're all there. We were praising him until this happened. We were talking about how awesome he was back when he was at Alabama. We were talking about how, how, how much he helps the Raiders stretch the field with his unbelievable speed. And, And I think Derek Carr, the quarterback for the Raiders said what he needs is love and forgiveness, not a pass, but he needs love and forgiveness. And Derek Carr, uh, giving credit to him, said, hey, if nobody else will give it to him, I will. I'm going to be there for him. And he's no longer his teammate because he's been cut. But I think that that's a human element. Now, Derek Carr comes from a very devout Christian family. Uh, His brother David played for the Texans for years, bless his heart, probably the most sacked football player in history. Uh, it, It was crazy. But he played for the Texans. And one of the things that he was known for is the fact that he never took his wedding ring off, that he had such a respect for his wife that he never took his wedding ring off. He literally put uh, ankle tape over his ring when he played, and he played with it in the game on. Um, he eventually was uh, traded or released by the Texans, ended up with the Giants, and got a Super Bowl ring uh, when they beat the Patriots. Um, you know, Didn't play, but he still got the ring. I thought that was kind of poetic justice, but uh, Derek – uh, his younger brother, who has had definitely a better football career, um, you know has been very clear in you know his approach over it, and my approach is the same thing uh this young man has a price to pay it's simple, but I'm not willing to throw him away. I don't believe in throwing hours away. Uh, I believe that we need to look at them and we need to find a way to help them redeem themselves. We need to give them a purpose we need to uh, allow them to come back into a society to improve themselves. Uh, I think that we don't show enough love to our own. I think that we are highly critical. I think that we're unforgiving. And I think that it makes it almost impossible to really try find unity and consistency in this community because you don't get a chance to screw up here. You don't get a chance to be human. Um, And again, I'm not marginalizing what he did. He took a life, although it not intentionally, he still, through poor decision-making, caused someone to not be here, caused great harm, great pain. But my thing is, I've watched people who intentionally took lives get second chances. So I'm not going to turn to someone I relate to and say you don't get one, you just screwed up. You had a chance. You had a chance to do a bunch of stuff, but you screwed. Up. Why? Why is it that? He, did he only have a chance because he ran fast and he could catch a football? Is that the only reason he had a chance? Is like if that? Is that how we're setting the value of our young black men? Is you know think about think about this, and and I'm saying that for a reason because think about this. Think about any time that. Something happens to a young black male. The first thing that we start to do when we're trying to uh, make a case for it being wrong is he was an a student. He had never been in trouble before. We start to qualify him as a victim instead of sitting up and saying he was an unarmed person who was shot in the back. Which qualifies him as a victim right off the bat. No, we have to go through and say, okay, he wasn't a screw up. He wasn't. So then there is this extra qualifying that black males have to do in order to even be considered as someone who didn't get a good deal or who was a victim in some area. So now when we sit up and we look uh, and we say, okay, he had a future that he screwed up, well, he still has a future. His future is going to be a little harder now because of the decisions he made but i don't know anybody in my life including myself who didn't make decisions that made their future harder you know yes he was in a situation where if he played his cards right he could set his family up and that's gone now so is he no longer valuable is he no longer worthy of a chance to make his place in this world, and I, uh, and I don't mean this absent of consequence. I mean this in the midst of consequence. He needs to pay for making a bad decision that cost someone their life. There's no escaping that. I will not even try to sit up and advocate for something that says he doesn't deserve to go to jail or he doesn't. Der- no, you took a life, and I have a personally have an issue with people who get behind the wheel and drive. I've seen way too much happen in my lifetime. I was there literally picking up my son when a person came along, a Latino man, intoxicated with his kids in the car and ran into a parked flatbed wrecker and killed his son. I watched that with my own eyes and I've seen way too many others uh, happen. I've watched when I used to ride uh, bikes, motorcycles, I watched at least two of my boys end up dead behind drunk drivers so no i i i don't have any soft spots for junk drunk drunk drivers but i've watched so many other ways that people have died and people get a second chance and so i thank god that the mistakes i made i didn't cost anybody a life or anything like that so i didn't cost anybody you know, their life. I didn't, you know, do anything like that. But I made some things that I made some choices that made my life harder. And because my life was harder, it made things for my family harder. And so, but I got a second chance. Well, I took a second chance. You know, I didn't wait on anybody to give it to me. I decided that I was going to be a better person. I decided that I was going to be a stronger person. I decided that I was going to be more impactful. I decided that I was going to make a difference. And I did it. Uh But, you know, I, I wonder if I hadn't hit that hard time, would I still be self-consumed just doing what I want to do? It all be about me. You know. That changed my entire trajectory, that 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 choice changed my entire, entire entire trajectory. And I'm hoping that that's what happens here is that he sees life differently now. He sees how fleeting life can be. He sees how quickly something can be looked one way and then be totally another way. And it can happen in in the blink of an eye and you've got to be able to respond. You've got to have something inside of you that's bigger than what you're doing now that establishes you as a man. But that's again up to us, how we prepare these young cats before they get to situations like that. You can't send someone and give them all kind of breaks on the way there, and then expect them not to be able to tap in and get away with stuff when they get there. Again, I doubt very seriously if he got up, uh, You know what? Well, he didn't get up. It was in the middle of the morning that if he didn't leave this party wherever he was, I, I doubt very seriously he got in the car and said, man, get in with me. We're about to go crash into somebody and kill him at 100 and something miles an hour. I don't think that is the case. And I'm almost certain that that's not the first time he had that Carvette over 100 miles an hour, which in most states would be considered reckless driving and an arrestable uh, offense. Um, so, uh, just a lot of things to look at. Again, I want to close out by saying my heart goes out to uh, the family of the young woman who lost her life. Uh, I, I apologize for not knowing her name. Um, I haven't seen a picture. Don't really want to see a picture. Um, I got enough stuff imprinted on my mind of things that are not going the way they should go in this world. Um, But my heart does go out to the family. Uh, My heart goes out to the family of this young man because they're probably going to lose him for a while. And I think that's going to be traumatic and devastating, you know, especially if his mom is still alive. I'm not sure about that. Uh, But, you know, those who are close to him are going to have to deal with that. Uh, My thing is, I think that we need to be in a position to provide support for guys like this when they make those mistakes. I think that it shouldn't just be. uh, I don't think that it should just be when it's a football player, when it's a basketball player, when it's somebody we we know as a celebrity, I don't think that that's the only time that we need to be uh, boots on the ground or standing up and saying, what can we do? I think that anytime there's a situation, we've got to have a place that these kids can land. Uh, and again, uh, for the last time, I am not in any way advocating that he skirt the uh, consequences of his actions. I'm not trying to sit up and suggest what he, what he should get. Uh, I think that Uh, The evidence needs to be reviewed and the legal system needs to run its course. Um, The one thing I can say is he more than likely has the resources to hire uh, a formidable attorney that's going to make sure it can be as fair as possible. Um, But um, from what I heard, there's actually video footage of it. Um, And there's nothing I've heard that says there are mitigating circumstances, It wasn't like somebody was chasing him with a gun. It wasn't any of those things that caused him to do 100 and something miles an hour. It was he was intoxicated. And again, there is just simply no way to get around that. Somebody lost their life because you made a poor decision and you've got to live with it. My point is, at some point, he's got to emerge out of that because the maximum is 20 years and he needs to emerge ready to redeem himself and i don't want to see the community as a whole keep the practice of throwing our kids away when they make bad choices uh because eventually they end end up back in the community they end up back in society they end up back. and when you throw them away you have no influence on how they return and that's something that we've got to be aware of you know um I read a story when I was writing. I forget what book it was, maybe book number nine, number ten. It was a long time ago, but I read a story about this tribe in Africa. Uh, And in this tribe in Africa, uh, the moment that the mother knows that she's pregnant, she goes out and sits by this tree. And while she's by this tree, she gets into this deep meditative thought and she thinks of this song that's apply, applies specifically to this baby so literally she creates a melody and then she creates the words to this song that applies to this kid and in its words of empowerment it's words of majesty it's words that paint this unbelievable destiny for this kid and when the kid is born she by that time she's taught it to all the other women in the village and all the other men in the village. And so everybody that sees the kid sings the kid the song. So the kid is constantly reminded of who they are as they're growing up. And, and, and what I found beautiful about it, though, is that when the kid gets older and the kid does something that they shouldn't do, the village doesn't throw them away. The village doesn't toss them to the side. The village doesn't deride them and, and talk them down and tear them down and tell them they're nothing. The village brings the child who's an adult now, or whatever age, teenager, or adult, and they put them in the center of the village and the entire village gets around them and sings them their song. They don't remove the consequence, but they sing them their song. They remind them of who they are, what their purpose in this world is that the moment that, that their life is bigger than the moment that they're living. And, That's the thing that I'm here to tell you. No, he does not get a pass. He has to answer for what he did. But somebody needs to sing him his song. Somebody needs to be there to remind him that he's not that moment, that his life is bigger than that, and he can still make a positive impact in this world, and that there may be other men who need to hear his story so that they don't make the same mistake. But we don't throw him away. That we 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 do that too often. We we look soon as they do something that looks, you know, that, that and, and don't get me wrong. This is bad. This is this is this isn't okay. He stole a six pack out the corner store. This is bad. But is it bad enough to say you don't have a life ever in this world again? Now I'm pretty sure that the family of those people are probably thinking that. But obviously, society has placed a different uh, level because society looks at the balance and my balance says there has to be a redemptive side to this equation. Oh, the punitive side is about to hit him. He's about to get the punitive side. He will be punished. And I'm not going to argue with anything that they do, whatever that is. You know, whatever that is, you put yourself in that situation. And but what I can say is I will be one of the people willing to invest in helping him deal with it. I'll be one willing to help be a part of helping him develop into the man he will become despite of it. The truth is, boy, I wish we could undress a bunch of people. Who take these extremely judgmental positions. And look into their closets you know maybe you didn't take a life but i guarantee you that there's some stuff in that closet uh that nobody knows about most people forgotten about that you don't want to talk about Uh, and that's the thing we need to be examining when we decide to deal with people Man, let me look in this closet before I go out here and talk about this kid. Let me look in this closet. You start looking back and say, man, I forgot I did that. Man, I did. Ooh. I wonder if she's still mad at me. You know, just just look in the closet. And thank God that you matured, that you grew up. Because there are a bunch of people that don't want to let this kid have that now. You know, you gave a 2020... a 22 year old millions of dollars and carte blunt in your city and you're surprised that this happens it happens more than you want to admit so let's 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 uh provide some balance look I'm gonna get ready to get out of here um it is what it is um my again my prayers go out to the family of the victim. And I think that's the first person that has to be considered in any situation like this is the victim. Um, And so we, we, we do that on that note. I'm going to get out as I always uh, remind you guys, look, we need your support. So show some love uh, by supporting the work we do at the Odyssey project, the black voice uh, blazing heat, uh, the teachers, Uh, we are still expanding, uh, the research center. I'm about to embark upon a serious research project project over the next two years. Um, and so there's a lot going on, uh, with that, but show some love black men lead, right? A passage initiative, which kind of sweat really plugs in and connects with what we just got through talking about. We need to prepare our young boys long before they get to that position that this kid was in so that they make better choices. Uh, Restoring ghettos, forgotten daughters is work that my wife and I do uh, with young, young girls and young black women. But anyway, show some love, show some support. I'm about to get off of here. Uh, there's still work I need to get done. But I had to drop this on you uh, again, no matter how you feel about this thing. Uh, we Somebody lost uh, a loved one and the family is about to lose their kid uh, to the legal system for some period of time um and there needs to be an awareness of what's going on again there's a responsibility to try to stop this from happening before it happens before there's a life loss before a kid has thrown their life away with dumb decisions um those are the responsibilities that we don't like talking about but on that note look i'm going to get off of here Uh, and move on to the things I need to do for the remainder of the day. Thank you guys who did drop in. Uh, Do me a favor, share it with someone. Uh, Do me a favor and uh, press the like button, share it. And if you haven't subscribed to the channel, do that as well. On that note, I'm out. You guys have an unbelievable day.